You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. And it's time for another Geeks Pub with me, Tim Robertson, and him, David Cohen. Hello, David. Hello. How are you? I'm okay. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. As he, uh, as he bit, half falls out of his chair yeah, reaching bit, for something. Yeah, bit achy. I'm reaching for USB cable. Yeah. You know. I do. You know what? The USB cable is always just outreach. <laughs> It's like a a metaphor for life, really. Well, remember uh, we talked on the last tech fan that I was having uh, problems with my uh, Sequoia's um, Apple CarPlay system. I remember. And then every time I would plug a phone into the cable, it would clunk out on me. So I actually got a new USB cable, plugged that in, uh, and it did not work. Same thing. (laughs) So now I've got to rip the whole system out and take out, um, because the, the, I just replaced the cable. There's yeah. another cable that comes out of the back of the car stereo that gives me a little round USB female plug that you plug into. And I'm thinking that's it's got to be that one then. So I've got this little thing, as I'm showing David, it's a little... Yeah rectangle that actually goes into one of the blanks on my dash mm-hmm. and the problem with it is the cable is maybe six inches mm-hmm. it's not going to be long enough to reach the back of the car stereo where i need it to so i'm going to have to get another plug to plug into that to plug into this and yeah. wouldn't it be better trying to get a longer version of that cable uh yeah if i could find one i haven't found one yet that's right. the problem but before I even plug this in and as a permanent solution, which is what I've wanted to do for a long time anyways, I'm going to plug a regular USB cable directly into the back of the stereo to a phone and see if the fuse blows that way. Right. If it doesn't, then we I know it's the one thing that's stuck in there now. So well, if it does, then I'm screwed. And Well, then you'll need a new head unit. No, it's not the head unit. I think it's the pack. Um, it's the auxiliary. They, the company I got it from, Crutchfield, for uh, anybody in our age group remembers back in the 80s and probably the 90s, if you wanted car stereo stuff and you didn't have a car stereo place in your city, you would get it from Crutchfield. You'd get the catalogs in the mail, and they were awesome. Yep. And uh, they have great customer service. I talked to this one guy on the phone for 20 minutes, and uh, we narrowed down that it was definitely a fuse, but the fuse is blowing, he thinks, because of the auxiliary power going into the pack unit. And he wants me to bypass the power to the pack directly to the setup. And it's it's a whole thing. I don't really want to go that route. Well, yeah, but... Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I, so I don't want to... devil's advocate here. He's the guy. He's the expert. Yeah. And yep. he, he knows how to troubleshoot these things. And I would do what he says. Yeah, but is, I want to try... I'm still convinced that it's the cable. Yeah, but if if it's not, you'll have wasted all that time. Well, I don't know if it's waste. It's it's practice. I I enjoy it sometimes, but not all the time. Yeah, I I, Troubleshooting. I enjoy it intellectually. What I don't enjoy is the lying down on my back with my arms inside somewhere where I can't see, trying no, to fiddle with. I, I agree with that. Yeah, I don't like that part. It's not as easy for guys like us to lay on our back and reach <laughs> for stuff. Our arms get tired. It's like Jesus. It's not even that. It's getting up again after. Yeah. Well, there is that too. <laughs> And you get cramps, and you're like, oh, I've got a cramp in my left rib. How, how do you get a yeah. cramp in your rib? You get one. 
<laughs> Trust me, it, it'll and show up. And that's the point when you think, I just wish I'd paid somebody to I fix just, this for me. Here's 20 bucks, just do it. <laughs> that's right. You get to our age and it's just like, well, I can't be bothered. I'll just throw money at the problem until well, something that's makes what it I, go away. That's what I did with Julie's uh, car stereo because oh, yeah. it, I installed it. That didn't take long at all, but then it wasn't working mm-hmm. at all. It, it killed the her, the other screen that's in the car that shows you, well, that allows you to change like temperature and stuff yeah. like that. Kind of important to be able yeah. to turn on your air conditioning and the heat. Yep. So uh, it turned out there was a resistor that you had to solder in there, which I'm quite capable of doing, but why? Yeah. I just paid this company that I work with all the time to do it for me. I think they charged me 100 bucks, and it was worth 100 bucks for me not to do it. Yep. So anyways, let's get into some geeky stuff as if that's not geeky enough. Uh, a story came out, and it was reported everywhere. I've got the link to uh, the story on Ars Technica, but... It kind of goes exactly to what we have discussed many times on this show. And uh, J.J. Abrams, in an interview, said, uh, Lack of a plan in Star Wars' latest trilogy was a critical flaw. (laughs) To which I reply, no shit, Sherlock. (laughs) Really? You should have a plan when you're making three giant budget movies there should be an <laughs> overall story okay this movie's about this then this one and it leads to this and this is the resolution you didn't even do that uh, it's not even that yeah it's it's astonishing that somebody who uh, yes as you say is well used to managing budgets of 100 million dollars plus yeah and a studio that was effect. I mean, when they start with the first one, they were committing to a trilogy. It's not like, oh well. If no, this they one they do called well, it episode eight. Yeah, exactly. It, episode eight. Yeah. This is the next. This that was the whole thing. It's the first in the new trilogy. Everyone's all excited. They yeah. brought someone like J.J. Abrams in. The problem yeah. is Kathleen Kennedy. She yeah. is the biggest problem with Lucasfilm. She is absolutely, and this isn't a sexist thing, people. It's her. I don't care who it is, man or woman. She was way over her head. She has no concept of how to make good content from what I can see. She is the type of person that can run the studio as far as the business side. But she didn't put anybody in charge of this trilogy. She said, well, yeah. let's, the first thing we'll do is hire a director for the first one, and we'll get a different director for all three. But there was no, she didn't commission a story. I mean, it was obvious when they said, when they got done with the first one, there was no set plan for the second one, which is why it was so disjointed. Yeah. It's just stupid. Now she, you know, she's got a she. I she has obviously has a huge track record of working um, on and producing great movies and and sometimes great. Um, franchise movies. Yeah, but, but she was uh, never in charge of those things. She was no, working with well, Lucas and Spielberg. That's the that's the problem, right? You know, and and the rea- the reality is is if she's not up to that, that's fine. Then give it to somebody else. But the, I don't think anybody at Disney wants to be seen as oh well they they fired a woman. Well, they don't have to fire her. She's got look. She's running the entire company. She can continue to do that. But what she needs to do is 
is is take a step back and say, you know, I'm shepherding this. I'm going to help make the decisions in terms of who we hire and everything like that. But in terms of developing the the, the product effectively, because that's what it but is. But the problem is if I'm you're in charge of hiring people. No, but if you're in charge of hiring people, you're in charge of who's going to be writing the story and who's going to be directing. And I don't trust her instincts. And the only thing that I think she's done right was bringing John Favreau. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's almost a no-brainer. Who the hell didn't couldn't see that he would be a good choice to lead a series at Star Wars at Disney? I mean, well, you know, we don't, we're not privy to the conversations. We don't know whether this is by by luck or by judgment. But you know what? What is not clear for the interview um, is is whether he had uh, Abrams had the overarching plan, uh, and then and then he. Um, he was kind of taken away from it because he didn't do the second movie um, or whether in fact he was just planning it movie at a time. Cause that, that's the real, the, the real problem is that there was so much focus on each individual movie that yep. absolutely no effort was given to the overarching story. Yep. Now I can kind of understand why they did that in one way. Cause that's kind of what Lucas did with the original movie. Yeah. He kind of tacked it on afterwards and he pulled it off. But, um, this time round, they didn't have to do that. They knew they were making three movies. So whether Abrams was expecting to get all three movies and actually had an overarching story that was going to hang together between the three or um, or not, I don't know. What I do know is other interviews I've heard from him and the other team who, who were involved with these movies was that they effectively storyboarded it between action sequences, the final ones particularly. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and that's not how you make a good movie. Well, that well, that's not how you make a good movie because you have no plot then. You have a series of, of action pieces and you don't have a plot. Yep. Um, it's too bad and, too because they could have really, they had a great cast of actors. Yeah. But... You can almost see when you watch it that the actors themselves didn't really know what was going on. No, and no. it just it didn't work on almost every level. And it's such yeah. a waste of money on Disney's part. They could have really done something special, and instead they threw a bunch of crap at the wall, hoping it was going to stick. Yeah, they. I, I don't it. think they're yeah. going to continue down this path. I really don't. Who knows? I, I, I think there's a big power shift right now. Dave Filoni came out, listed himself as a creative director, I think, at Disney mm-hmm. at uh, Lucasfilm now. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying he is the perfect choice to to run anything, and I don't think that's necessarily him running the business. It's he has creative input on what's coming. He's made some great stuff. He's also made some meh stuff with the the Clone Wars. I am now three episodes behind on the Bad Batch, mm-hmm. and I don't have this overriding need to hurry up and get caught up because yeah. so far that I've watched, I think they're on episode. They just had episode six, so I've watched the first three. Meh, they're average episodes of, um, the Clone Wars at at the best. I don't yeah. I don't have any investment in the character so far, any of them, yeah. and they yeah, tack and, on a and, child in there, and it's just like ugh. Yeah, it's like you're trying too hard. We've seen, I mean, you know, you and I have both watched Clone Wars. There are a lot, a lot of kind of filler episodes that just basically are a, a, you know, an action set piece on a on a planet that fills the 25 minutes. Yep. Um, you know, and, and they're quite forgettable. And then every now and again, you get these, you know, kind of big moving the story on things which are, which are far more exciting. Well, the problem with the Clone Wars, and don't get me wrong, I still think it's some of the best Star Wars out there, but the problem with the Clone Wars, 
was when it was being aired, Lucas was still in charge of Lucasfilm, and there were certain things that they were not allowed to do, but it was still bridging a gap series. It's between episode two and episode three, and you can't, you got to stick into that. Yeah. Even though I think that the Clone Wars did a way better job of establishing Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Um, I mean, he is a badass in mm-hmm. in the Clone Wars. And then in the movies, he's a whining bitch. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, man, you guys. Uh, I don't like sand. It gets in everywhere. I do agree with him on the sand thing, but you don't uh, want to I hear. hate sand. I hate. Yeah, I hate the yeah. only reason I don't like going to the beach is fucking sand i hate yeah, me it. too me too um you and i are exactly the same way well, However, it's hot you, it's not comfortable <laughs> sand sucks i don't care what but, anybody says but then you don't really it's not the sort of thing you expect to come out of the mouth of a of you know a badass character who's going to become the most feared person in the galaxy is it i don't like sand right if anybody yeah if anybody knew that they oh here comes vader <laughs> on the ship you just throw a bucket of sand at him and can you imagine if that's how he defeated? <laughs> Throw a bunch of sand on him. <laughs> instead of Obi Wan saying, "Don't do it, don't do it." Anakin. I have the high ground, Anakin, and a bucket of sand. I have a fistful of sand. There's a sand castle up here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I surrender. <laughs> The light side is superior. It has sand. No. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I knew you were evil, Obi Wan. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why in A New Hope, Obi Wan was, was not really afraid at all of Vader. Yeah, I mean, he was all given Vader's reputation. He was extremely calm, uh, and the. <laughs> Yeah, the first time he did, well, last time I fought, I chopped your arms and legs off, and I've just come from a sandy planet. That's why they hit on Tatooine. Yeah. He'll never come here. He hates this shit. <laughs> I'm going to live in a sand castle. A little hovel made of sand. Yeah, and we're hide, we'll hide the boy in the sand. Yeah. <laughs> he'll never come looking for him he'll never, he'll never come here. It's completely safe. <laughs> so the probe droids are going out across the galaxy, and the Emperor goes... What about Tatooine? <laughs> and Darth Vader goes, Master, it's full I, of I sand. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> he says, I don't sense his presence there. No, he's Emperor's not there. Emperor's going, what the hell? You keep missing out on Tatooine. Trust why do you keep passing that? He's not there. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, I have embraced the full power of the dark side, except for sand. <laughs> sand. Goddamn sand people. I hate them. <laughs> That's why he went and slaughtered all those people. Yeah. He killed all the sand sand. people. (laughs) Had nothing to do with his mom. I must kill the sand. (laughs) The sand must die. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) If if it was a wampa that would have killed his mom, the wampa pirate would have been fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No problem going down to the ice planet. No, we'll go down there. That's fine. Don't have a bunch of fucking sand down here. Oh, well, all, all the people on Hoth had to do is melt the ice and find the sand underneath. And it backs up and left. <laughs> we got sand. <laughs> the Empire's coming. Head to the beach. <laughs> uh, that's why they built the Death Star. They just wanted to vaporize all the sand. Yeah, that's why they, they never usually mess with the Jawas. They were in a sand crawler. <laughs> Uh, 
Oh, damn. I don't think anyone's come up with this theory before in all these years of Star Wars. <laughs> this is this is truly this, the, we have unique. we have opened the entire hidden meaning. G- yeah, George right. Lucas, and we we've probably won a prize now. George Lucas has just been waiting for waiting. somebody to hear across this. Yeah. He's like I put I put everything out there. I yeah, I, I literally says, call it out. He hates he's sand. He's gonna call us up and he's gonna go say Lucasfilm is yours now. Yeah, he he <laughs> said he's, they're like, look, we gave you guys all the clues. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's it's right. He even says I hate sand, and and people still wonder why the hell do they hide Luke Skywalker in his ancestral home? You know, on Tatooine, yeah. that's where he he came from there. And it, and it's not because he was a slave there. It's because he hates sand. <laughs> That's the whole thing. He hates sand. He's not going to look there. Yeah. It's. I don't know why it took this long for anybody. To I don't out. know either. Still, it's. it's uh, Just one more. One more fact in the universe now. Uh, here's another fact that AT and T finally figured out they don't know what the hell they're doing when it comes to <laughs> online content. And they spun off uh, HBO and yeah. basically Discovery it bought Warner Media. Yeah, that's right. And <laughs> there's this big announcement about what they're going to call the new company. Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's see. Okay, we're going to spin off Warner Media and Discovery is going to basically buy them. We got to come up with a really catchy name. Yeah, we've got to use our creative input yep. and the fact that we really know what we're doing. They even say in the announcement here, they will aspire to be the most innovative, exciting, and fun place to tell stories in the world. This is what the company will be about. So, when, when this, you put that statement <laughs> with the creative geniuses up there at Warner exactly. Brothers and Discovery, because they're going to come brand, up with like. Yeah. Phoenix or oh, rising from uh, the no, ashes. They, oh, forget or, it. They're going to make a new word. They're not going to. Yeah, they're not. Right. You're not going to make a new word. They're going to redefine. What Carpe Dunham. Are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and See, so the, the name of the new company is like, drum roll, please. <laughs> Warner Brothers Discovery. <laughs> oh, I have chills. <laughs> oh, dearie me. I have I have chills how, right now. I don't know if I'll be able to eat universe- later. <laughs> How can the universe survive with that level of creativity just in the title? It inspires me to greatness in a way that Uh, I don't know if a name ever has. It's so so innovative. It's almost so innovative. You need to come up with a new word for innovation to describe how it is. You know, and it, it works even better that they use kind of the Superman logo where it's like, popping out in a faux 3d thing on <laughs> cloudy background with blue sky i know yeah the stuff that dreams are made of oh, it's just man. like if you dreamed of just taking soon two names and putting them together without uh without any punctuation between them oh it's it's Dearing it's inspiring me. yeah I, and what I, made me laugh actually is is you know all the game site all the uh video uh movie sites and news actually turn this as they do clickbait turn this into a whole story <laughs> It's like, why even announce it? Oh, well, they sent us a press release. We've got to run it into a story. Got to put it out there. (laughs) This is how we keep going to the the screeners before they come out. Yeah. We we publish their crap news that no one cares about. So how much much cash did AT&T lose on this? Oh, billions. I mean, they didn't really own it all that long. Uh, They they owned it a lot longer than, uh, or not as long as... um, AOL Time Warner thing happened. Yeah, three years they had it. Three, three years ago. Three years. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't figure this out in three years. 
<laughs> I mean, was there a plan? It's only been three years. What? What? See, here's the thing. I, if you go back three years, the streaming wars really was just gearing up big time, right? Yeah. And and here's AT and T going. You know what? We we really need to be in this business. Oh, why? Money. <laughs> okay, I I get that. It it could potentially make a lot of money. Um, but I mean, what's the plan? We're gonna we're gonna buy Warner Brothers. Yeah, I I, I know that, but I mean, beyond that, what what are we gonna do with it? Well, we're gonna buy them. Okay, that was the plan. They're just gonna buy it. <laughs> Kill him, dog. Get him. Get him. That's us sicking the dogs on the Warner Media AT&T people. I I think there's somebody at the door. I'm just going to uh, go and get that for a minute. Sure. So why David uh, goes and deals with the dog. I like... Now, we're doing this on video. You guys can't see it, of course. But I can hear him trying to shush the dog quietly as it gets louder. <laughs> My dogs know not to be doing this stuff. My cat, on the other hand, totally different matter. The cat will just go crazy and really try to get my attention and be obnoxious. The dogs will sit in the kitchen quietly until they know that I'm done recording and then they will start acting up. But Davis' that dog a, isn't that good. That was Amazon. Amazon. With their daily daily visit to me. If I am trying to figure out, and this is how you and I can make millions of dollars right here, David. Maybe billions. We could buy Warner Brothers when after this is successful for us. Okay. We have to figure out a way to collect and recycle in a profitable way Amazon boxes from people. <laughs> yeah. So you order something from Amazon. You take your package in the house. Hopefully someone didn't steal it from your porch or wherever, your stoop. You take the package in the house, you take your thing out of it, you take the box back to the porch, you put it on the porch, and then you use an app. Yeah. And you just scan like a barcode on the box itself. We already know where it's at because it was delivered to you so we can see the tracking information. We then come to the house, collect the empty boxes, and yes, that was plural. Mm-hmm. Now we need to figure out what to do with those boxes. Okay. That's so you profitable. Got, you got the logistics that works The logistics out, is there. Got, I, I got the logistics. Yeah. You know, we haven't and, got an underlying idea. No, no, no. Call J.J. Abrams. <laughs> well, Kathleen Kennedy. You, Kathleen Kennedy, um, let's storyboard the hell out of this. <laughs> yep. So we got the big right. action set pieces. We'll just That's figure right. out the rest. And we need to figure out how to get the boxes through the set pieces. Um, well, what could we do? We could You could build houses with them. I wonder if you can... You can make cardboard COVID face shields. Well, but that's kind of a that's going away really quickly. That's, yeah. Oh well. Okay. We got to we got to plan for the next pandemic then. Nah, let's not do that. <laughs> um, nobody else is. Is is there a way to? We kill would be the only ones. We would be the only ones planning for another pandemic. Yeah. No, well, nobody nobody else is. They there you go then. Government scientists. Yeah. No. Try, oh, do me a favor. <laughs> Once this is over, they are never going to plan for this again. There's no. going to be no, no money in this. No. Yeah. Um, so there's there's the housing situation. Look, right now lumber is through the roof. Yeah. Use cardboard instead. Okay. Yeah. All we have to do is figure out a way to treat the cardboard. 
cost effectively, so it's as good as lumber. Hmm. That's a well. I mean, if you stack it, you know, if you compress it enough, it's probably pretty strong. I mean, it is wood at the end of the day. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We, we we what we need to do is come up with a way. You also have to store it. I mean, because yeah. you, you're going to need a lot right. of it. So so, I I have it. I, this is what we need to do. Yeah. What we need to do is we need to solve two problems at once. So we need to use the cardboard to pull carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere and then yep. bury it. And bury right? it. So what we need to do is basically waft the the boxes, the open boxes, very quickly close them and seal them with tape and then bury them. So, and that takes CO2 out of the atmosphere. And people will pay us for that because they're going to start paying for carbon. Well, but if you bury it, you're just kind of pushing the problem to the next generation. No, well, no, no. What you're doing, you see, it's it's self-fulfilling recycling. You bury it deep enough that you bury it in where they pulled all the oil or old oil and coal out. Oh, so we're filling those gaps. We're filling those gaps, and then what will happen is over geological time, those boxes full of carbon dioxide will get compressed and turned into new oil for the future. The cat is sneaking in here now. By the way. Yeah, he's heard a great she, idea. And she, he, she, she, yeah. She's heard a great idea, and she's coming here to try and take ownership. You know, The I'm funny thing you. is, she's acting like she's laying down, but her legs are in the back are still standing up. Say, who, what, what, are you trying to fool me or something? Oh, no, I'm just laying here. I can yeah. see you have the pounce stance in the back. She is basically saying, you know, just ignore what's going on here. Nothing to see. Nothing, nothing's going on. Keep wiggling your toes. It'll be fine. Keep keep talking so I can steal your idea and feed it back to my evil cat minions. Yeah. So, so here, carbon sequestration with cardboard. It's here, it's a thing. I don't know. It seems. Hmm. I mean, there's a lot more now. We have to figure out how to work with oil and gas companies to have access to old oil fields. No, we don't tell them, we and they usually turn. block those things up. So now we got to open those holes up again. Yeah, but you know, forget we've got the power of cardboard. Well, that's true. <laughs> you know, I mean, that does can, go a long way. We can fashion tools out of cardboard to open those things up. We can always then, tell them, hey, if you don't let us, we won't pick up all those goddamn Amazon boxes from your house. Exactly. And they'll be like, oh, <laughs> Jesus, no, don't. Don't threaten me with that. Yeah. That's a step too far. In fact, look, this is this is where we, we engage with them because rather than stopping up those wells, yeah, we just say, look, given to us, we will stuff them up with cardboard. You won't need to spend any money closing right. the wells off. Yeah. You know? You put enough cardboard down there that and that, and we all know that if you've got too if it's sticking out something, you just jump on it and it collapses. So Yeah. Yeah, it's well, easy. I, I think I think we're on to something. <laughs> So here's something. I, th- I don't know if you put this in here or I did. I think you must have. And it's 20% of Switch sales are now going to households that already had a Switch. Yep. I, now, um, now, here's the question. I, now, I haven't read it because why would uh, I prepare? Yeah. Um, is this in addition to a Switch they had or is this a replacement yeah. Switch? Yeah. Uh, well, no. This is um, This is basically... People like, I mean, reason I, from principal reason I put this in here is because you and I are textbook examples of this. Yeah. We have switches and then we find we can't play on the switches because the kids are on the switches all the time. And so what we do is we go out and we buy our own handheld switches so we can play the games when the kids are playing on the TV. Yeah. And my, I, my problem is I don't ever play mine. Well, that's your problem. I it, well, it's, it's a matter of time. I get home from work. I just, I don't. Yeah. 
you know, I say that, and then you and I, before we started recording, we're both comparing handhelds. Yeah, we, we both were. have an Abernick, uh video game system. Yeah, um, yours is I. I don't know if it's the first or second generation or what, but yours is the precursor to mine. Mine looks like yeah. shape and everything a Game Boy basically, but it's wooden. It's plastic. Don't get me wrong, but it looks wooden. I like the looks of it. Dual uh, SD cards. You put the OS on one and all your ROMs on the second one. They don't provide ROMs. Um, they were supposed to provide me, however, with, um, I think, I, I want to say it's open source ROMs, but I don't think they were. They were supposed to give me a second card with some games on there. Yeah. And they didn't. So I... Uh, I cloned the SD card that came with it because it looked like an extremely cheapy one, yeah. and put sure it on is. a yeah, and put it on a uh, a better 128. It came with a 16 gig. I put it on. I cloned it to a uh, 128 one, and I got two of those cards. And the other one has some ROMs on it, and I haven't got them all working yet. And that's what we were discussing. That uh, I don't know. It it I'm scraping now. And scraping means it, it goes on the internet once I connect to this thing to the internet and it pulls down all the metadata for all your games and stuff like that. So that seems to have helped with the Nintendo system, um, but half my stuff still isn't working. So uh, my understanding, when, before well, I researched a little bit before I bought my one, um, and my one is the one that it's got dual sticks on it, and it kind of looks like a like a modernized Game Boy Advance. Yeah. And this is the three fifty one, the RG three fifty one, which was a, a from last year was a huge hit. I mean, this was by not by Apple or Nintendo standards, but in the standards of this market, these things are, are knocked up by Chinese companies. This was the one everybody wanted. Mine is the RG three fifty one V. Yeah, so yours is like the vertical version of this. That's yes. what the V stands for. So yours is, like, as you say, is like the, like the Game Boy. My understanding from looking into this is there are there are certain ROM sets which are recommended for these types of, of devices um, and work best with the emulators they ship with. And my uh, and ROM set is very old. I mean, yeah. I, I downloaded most of my ROMs before most people knew what ROMs were. I'm talking, you know, over 10 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, that's how so long that, I've been in the emulation game. I would suspect that if you went and found, I forget what the name of it, but the, it's normally bundled up somewhere. Um, as a uh, you know a good ROM set that works with works with this uh, these devices, um, I, and and all of those. Or my, well, I say all of my, the the vast majority of the ones I have on, I will on say my card that here work work just fine with it straight out of the box. The, the OS that it came with was garbage. Yeah. So I got rid of that, and I'm using a, another uh, OS because it had utilities built in. Uh, from the developer that actually work. And one of the big things was how to get ROMs onto the second set, on the second card, for, yeah. so it recognizes it. And he came up with a great solution, which is there's a menu item uh, that you go to, and it says copy ROM, copy ROMs to uh, SSD2, or SD2. So you do that, and it just puts the correct folder structure yeah. And then once you do that, when you boot up the system, it automatically looks at SD2 for the ROM sets, not SD1, even though it's booting from SD1. Yeah. So it says, okay, I'm booting here, but this is where I really want to be looking for games. 
And so once I did that, uh, I literally put it on my Mac and dragged a bunch of folders over. And no, I did it on my PC, not my Mac. And um, Bob's your uncle. There it goes. Yeah. So it recognized all the ROMs, and it wasn't the only one that worked right out the box was the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. That was it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I finally got the NES working. I still have not got the any SNES working. Uh, I got. I think I got the Atari Fifty Two Hundred working. Uh, but it's more of a technical challenge than anything right now. I've had it for a couple weeks and I'll mess with it for maybe 10 minutes at a time. And then I grow bored and squirrel. And yeah. Move on to something uh, else. And, and this is the, uh, this because is because I can already play all these on something on my retro pie. I don't. Well, so, so this is, this is often the problem with these types of devices is that getting them working effectively means you've got to start messing technically around with them. And a lot of people just haven't got time for that. I'm not interested in that. Uh, well, it would have been easier had they just used something like a RetroPie in, in, inside of it as the the internals instead of yeah, their but, own solution. Yeah, but they, their own solution is cheaper, and these are cheap Chinese yeah. companies. So uh, yeah. this is this the is screen probably, is actually really nice on mine. It's a yeah, great screen. Yeah, mine is as well. The controls are good. These these are nice units. Um, That's why I bought mine. I kept yeah. seeing people posting about these, and the wood grain one really kind of tickled my fancy. So. You know, I think yeah. I spent maybe a hundred dollars on it. Yeah, so yeah, like yeah they're not they're not terribly expensive, but you do need to put some effort in. And the uh, other problem I, is 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 I that you, it. yeah, you you also will end up with hundreds and hundreds of games. And the difficulty you will have when you get one of these and you do that is that you'll look at it and you'll go, well, I can't much. choose what to play. Yeah. Well, yeah. I did that with I, I dumped all of um, you know the Genesis and NES and Super NES and Game Boy. I put all of them on there. Yeah. But when it came to the arcade, I have too many ROM sets for my arcades. I I, I, I I'm not putting them all on. It'll take me an hour to scroll that list. Yeah. So I actually picked I it's maybe fifty fifty games. Yeah. Uh, so I, I curated that list, thinking, okay, I, I don't want anything with dual stick. I don't want anything that, uh, like a Tron that takes a, a, a gun type of a controller. Yeah. Um, so I was very selective, and I can't get any of the arcade stuff to work. Now, yeah, to be well, fair, I haven't scraped them yet either. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't think that's going to help. I think you will. Well, that's what this. helped with the NES. Once yeah, I scraped I th- them, it worked. I think you'll need you'll definitely need a specific ROM set to work properly with the version of MAME that's on these uh, this thing. I have hundreds of arcade games; they all work. So um, I know the going the ROM set route is is the right way. Now, what I find with mine is that um, it's actually got a quite a nice feature that when you scroll up and down, it it kind of gets faster and then it starts zipping through them and showing you the beginning letters. So you can actually get get up and down from. Um, from the top and the bottom of the list quite easily. But, um, so here, I've just put your favourite game running on mine. Burger Time? Burger Time, of course. And there it is. You can see it. Yeah, works great. Yeah, yeah. And that's the arcade, too. That's the arcade one, yeah. I, You know, I like pretty much every version of uh, Burger Time that I've played. There's yeah. even one on the Game Boy uh, Advance that works pr- pretty well. I'm, I'm yeah. kind of impressed with it. So, uh, yeah, these are nice systems, but actually, um, despite the fact I have this, my, I was telling you just before we started, my wife has bought me for Father's Day an Evercade, and Evercade is from Blaze, who do a lot of those little handheld arcade games and things like that. Yeah, sure. Um, 
and and what they've done is they've basically they've created like a Game Boy Advance version of a retro game console. So this uses cartridges, um, and uh, it comes with one or three sets of cartridges, and each of the cartridges have about 15, 20 games of a different genre. They have an Atari Midway, Atari Arcade version. They have um, Atari Classics, which is mostly 2,600 and 7,800 games. They have um, interplay games with things like Earthworm Jim and things like that on. They have So they do all these different themed sets of games, uh, and you just swap the cartridge to get what you want. And um, the advantage of this approach is that they're effecting doing, effectively doing curation for you. They're making sure the games work properly on their hardware, um, and they're also choosing representative things. So you're not, you're not um, presented with hundreds of titles, some of which are... The, that's the other problem with these ROM sets is you, you'll find five or six different copies of the same game Yes. which were different releases or different countries or yeah, but I like that, code though. fixes. Well, yeah, some people do some. The, the problem is that's only useful to you if you know what the different versions are, and very often you can't tell. So, yeah, but um, I, I'd rather have it. and See, what happens with me is I'll, I'll be on uh, a Facebook group for retro gaming, and I'll see a post about someone playing a game that I've never heard of, and they're raving about it. They love it. So I'll jump on and... and yeah. Do I have it? Yep, I have it. I'll play mm-hmm. it. I'll say probably maybe 25 to 30% of the time it is a good game, and I was glad I read it. And that's enough to make me go back and, and check, even though 70% of the ones that someone else says is good. That's nah, pretty crappy, actually. Um, yeah. Doesn't matter. That 30% keeps me coming back. Yep. Yep. But if, we you wanna, have, if, uh, if you don't want to wrestle with ROMs, then have a look at the Evercade. I shall yeah. review it formally in a couple of weeks when I've actually got hold of it. And Sounds good. It. Now, we usually will keep going, but unfortunately, I have uh, an obligation to wake up the family really quickly here because it is Brooke's graduation party day, and there's a ton of stuff to do, and I can't let everyone sleep in like I normally would when we record a podcast. i got to get everyone up and start yep. getting things ready, and the party starts at noon, so as we record this, that's about three and a half, four hours away, and uh, Julie would not be happy if I didn't move forward quickly <laughs> Fair enough. but we wanted to put up um yeah shorter than usual but we had some sand to talk about <laughs> yeah. if you are if you are going to play retrocades then don't get sand in them <clears throat> no i mean i think we can all agree that sand is bad for most things that's right and this is why dune or uh uh what is that uh dune d-u-n-e dune yeah dune yeah they would kick darth vader's ass Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's a sand planet. Sandworm <laughs> against Vader. Vader has no chance. No. <laughs> All right, David, I will see you next week on Tech Fan, and uh, we'd love to get feedback from everybody. It's the show at thegeekspub.com, and uh, make sure you check us out on Twitter and Facebook, but we're under Tech Fan there. And, David, I'll see you next week. See you then.